स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन टू बायार्ट पार्टी एक्सेसिंग द टोकन वोट है tokens will be unique across combinations of cards token requesters and merchants which basically means that if uber tokenizes your card and you use the same card on say zomato then a hacker stealing the token from uber will not be able to use the same token on zomato to make payments because tokens will be different across merchants and services the internet gave us short attention spans We preferred to like and share content instead of reading and sometimes even watching it. At Mint, we decided to come up with the Mint Primer, which breaks down the big news of today into short, quick, consumable questions and answers. On this podcast, you will find information about everything from cybercrime to RBI's new repo rates. I'm Prasad Banerjee, and this is what happened today. Today's primer is written by yours truly. So after months of back and forth with the industry, the Reserve Bank of India's deadline for tokenization of cards used in online payments finally passed on September 30th. But what exactly does tokenization mean? That's what we explain in this episode. Tokenization in essence is a way to reduce the number of places where your card data can be found. For instance, up until recently and probably for many of us till now, Payments on Uber would show a warning that your card data will be saved with Visa or Mastercard. What it is saying is that a merchant like Uber will have to work with payment networks like Visa to convert the card details into a digital token, which is then used to validate transactions. As a result, the card details you enter on the Uber app are not stored on the company's cloud servers and are hence more secure. And you're of course wondering what a digital token really is. A digital token is a randomized string which is usually alphanumeric in nature. So, when a card is tokenized, a 16-digit card number essentially gets converted to gibberish, something like say 8F9 percentage F57 and so on. The token is generated by computer programs and the card network tags that token to your actual card details and relays the token to the merchant. When payments are to be requested, the merchant sends this token to the card network, who matches it against the safe details and validates the transaction. A third party accessing the token won't have any use for it because tokens will be unique across combinations of cards, token requesters, and merchants. Which basically means that if Uber tokenizes your card and you use the same card on, say, Zomato, then a hacker stealing the token from Uber will not be able to use the same token on Zomato to make payments because tokens will be different across merchants and services. And that, of course, is one of the ways how tokenization prevents frauds. Card details saved on an app are stored in cloud servers, which, if hacked, can give the hacker access to the plain details. Though most merchants put special mechanisms to store card details in an obfuscated manner, it's much more difficult to hack a bank or a Visa than it is to hack websites and apps. Tokenization also differs from encryption in some ways, actually in many ways. The primary difference between encryption and tokenization is that the token cannot lead one to the card details. In encryption, a computer program obfuscates data using an encryption key, and this key can turn the data back to its original form. 
In tokenization, however, there is no way to know what data a token represents unless one has access to the databases of the actual issuer of that token. This fact is also why digital tokens are often not considered sensitive data, which can be beneficial for firms in a way because when a company stores sensitive data, they have to incur additional costs on compliance which may not apply here. Of course, that's not yet clear about payment data at the moment. Lastly, you're probably wondering if all of this is true, then why are my payments failing? And that is probably because merchants had to reach out to customers and have them re-enter card data for tokenization. Payments are either failing because the customer didn't heed reminders asking them to enter the card details again, or because the merchant still doesn't have tokenization infrastructure in place. For recurring payments, users will have to set up something called an e-mandate, which is similar to the standing payment instructions you give to your bank for say an EMI payment. It's similar to that before a merchant can charge you. So unless you do this, the merchant can't do a subscription or a recurring payment. For recurring payments above 5,000, however, approval has to be sought from the customer 24 hours before the payment each time the payment is made. Which means that if you have a subscription, say, that costs more than 5,000 rupees, every month you will get a message where you will have to approve it. Payments under rupees 5,000 can also use UPI Autopay as long as the platform and your bank both support UPI Autopay. And that was a quick glimpse at today's front page. We'll see you again tomorrow. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.